unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. And thanks again for joining us. Coming up on this week's show, a friend of mine from Twitter, at that girl underscore Jackie. We're going to talk about the Women's College World Series, our mutual love of the Atlanta Braves and the UCF Knights. Jackie is standing by in the virtual green room and will join us momentarily. Well, this uh, past weekend, it was, uh, geez, just unbelievable what happened uh, in men's soccer in the 42nd minute of the Denmark-Finland game. Uh, Christian Eriksen, a 29-year-old midfielder, collapses on the field. Uh, they have to actually give him CPR on the field. Oh, just what a, a gut-wrenching moment. Uh, you know, just not just for all the players involved, but the fans in attendance and those watching on TV. And uh, yeah, it's just a, a tough situation. The good news is he survived, thankfully. Much um, being resuscitated with a defibrillator, uh, you know, they said he was gone. But uh, he has survived, and, uh, you know, hopefully, first and foremost, that uh, he will continue to get better and uh, have a full life ahead of him. Soccer certainly not the uh, top of mind for him, but. Uh, we wish Christian Erickson all the best there. Okay, so LeBron James is going to switch his jersey number again. So he's going to go back to number six, the number he wore with the Miami Heat. So he's 23 with Cleveland, six with the Heat, goes back to 23 with the Lakers. Now, while still with the Lakers, he's going to go to number six. Why? Ah, oh, this guy just has to make a make a drama out of everything. And speaking of drama, Aaron Rodgers. Anybody tired of this story yet? Oh goodness gracious! This is you know have to hear the team make statements about him, and you know, come on, let's just from now on, I'm ignoring this story until something happens, which is probably going to be, you know, he's you know, even if he if he if they kiss and make up. He ain't going to training camp. <laughs> he doesn't need training camp. He doesn't need most of the preseason. But uh, yeah, that story will now be put on the shelf. All right, now time to welcome to the show for the first time a friend of mine from the Twitterverse. She is at that girl underscore Jackie. She is, of course, a, a big softball uh, enthusiast, Braves fan, and Knights fan. And it is a pleasure to welcome Jackie to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so one of the reasons I wanted to get ja- Jackie on was because uh, I know uh, she's a uh, big-time softball player, and I uh, thought it would be great to get her thoughts on the Women's College World Series, which just wrapped up uh, with Oklahoma coming away with the national championship, uh, beating FSU in three games. So first of all, I mean, I probably not a surprise. Oklahoma is the champion. They were the best team all yeah, year, right? They were. Yeah, I was not surprised by that at all. I was very shocked they lost the first game, to be honest. So, yeah. So, so talk about that series. You know, Florida State. You know, UCF lost to them in the in the regional final and uh, and played them pretty close. Uh, they just didn't have enough offense to to to, to muster in that particular series. Yeah. And uh, uh, Florida State, you know, they, they run their three pitchers out there and they, and they were pretty dominant throughout. And uh, talk about their run to uh, getting to the title game. 
Yeah, I mean, I was honestly very shocked in their run to get there. Like, you know, watch them play at UCF and, you know, it was, you know, those were close ball games and we held them to very little runs that I was like, did not think they were going to get that far as they did. So when they got there, I was just like, what they just, and, you know, I went the year that they won the whole thing. So I went out there and watched that year um, in Oklahoma City. So I was, they just seemed to get hot at the right time. I got that team. They just, you know, and even all year, they were not the best team. They weren't as good as they, you know, they have been. And they just get hot at the right time. And they, I mean, they were hitting and they're like, to me, when I watch them, they're just such a scrappy, like they play scrappy. They play small ball, they run, they bunt, they do all that little stuff. Whereas Oklahoma was complete opposite, you know, power hitting team. Like I think they said when I was watching one of the broadcasts that, um, one player, the uh, Justin Allo for Oklahoma had almost as many home runs as FSU did as a team, mm-hmm. which was just insane to me. So it was, it was cool to watch them, you know, play a complete different style of softball versus the way Oklahoma played and them get as far as they did. But yeah, that's, I was very shocked at the, um, how far FSU got and then taking game one, and, you know, fell short, but they just, Oklahoma hits the ball. It's just it's how it goes. So. <laughs> yeah, there's stuff to stop. And, you know, and, and, and you, one thing you can say about Oklahoma, they did not like getting beat because they avenged all their losses by beating their yeah. opponent two more times. <laughs> yeah, they did. They, and I knew, like, when they lost that first game, I was like, that's not the team you want to see in the loser's bracket. Like, that's a tough team that you have to face. And I knew that they were going to come with a vengeance. So just the way it turned out. Yeah. And, and of course, you mentioned uh, Jocelyn Allo. Uh, you know, gosh, what a tremendous year she had, and just yeah. what, a, what a, and, and you know, the top three of their lineup pounds the ball in a sense. Yeah, like it was just, I was like, why are we even pitching to her at this point? Because it was just like <laughs> going to be a home run, most likely. <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, and then you also got to talk about uh, their pitcher, uh, GRS. Yeah, uh, she did great. Yeah, I mean, she probably, you know, uh, one of those things you talk about getting hot at the right time, she became really hot and dominant <laughs> at the right yeah. time. Yeah, she really did because, I mean, they, she came back from surgery and she just – she pitched that game and lights out. It was it was nuts, so. Yeah. And so, in the Women's College World Series, uh, you know, we did we did have a darling story to talk about, Odyssey Alexander and James Madison. Um, you know, it's so great to see, you know, because we always root for it in football with UCF. Yeah. It's so nice to see a team that's not been in that stage and in that arena – uh, very often get there. Uh, what a great story that was, especially with uh, Odyssey Alexander in the in the in the in the pitching, and also obviously the the play of the year on defense. Uh, yeah, the other on plate. Yeah, I like it was really enjoyable to watch them, and like I don't, I didn't even watch that first game between Jamie and Oklahoma because I was like, oh, like that's a wrap. It's like Oklahoma's number one, and then like my friends were texting me, and they're like, Jamie, you just won, so I was like, okay, so now I have to follow this you know, this whole thing. And it was, it was really enjoyable just to watch that. And it's one of those things that, you know, like you wish that could transfer over to football, which I know they've talked, talked about that. So that's something we can probably talk about later, but you wish it could because you let them handle it on the field. And, you know, you've seen, you know, like Coastal Carolina when they won the baseball national championship, like you give them a chance and they're going to prove people wrong. Sometimes it's not always going to be that team that you think is going to win. So that's one of my favorite things about, baseball and softball in general just because it is handled more on the field regardless of if you're a power five or whatnot yeah and then i guess and then odyssey alexander is going to be, uh play with the uh, ussa yes pride. i did just see that she went to the pride so that's also exciting too yeah so that's definitely so uh, that's a great story you know and i've been thinking you know I, I have found myself watching softball more and more every year and 
tell me where you think about this theory. I kind of think that softball is now giving us what baseball used to. It's strategy. It's, you know, the running game. Uh, you know, it's, it's not about uh, launch angles and hitting the ball over the fence, unless you're Oklahoma. Uh, but yeah. then again, they still do all the other, the other uh, great things that the teams do. Uh, speed on the bases, things like that. I feel like, like that's filling a void that, that baseball, particularly in the pro game, doesn't give us anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, it's just, it's just a much, it's a quicker paced game. And I think that's why some, you know, I think that's why it does have a lot higher ratings than sometimes the like baseball world series, because it, it's just quick and, you know, like it's, you know, it's, it's different than baseball. So yes, it is a very similar sport, but it does have that different aspect of the way the game is played versus baseball. So, but yeah, I mean, it's quick, you know, you see bunting and as a softball player, I, I can't stand watching these baseball players not know how to bunt. Like it drives me crazy because, and that strategy, but that's like, that's huge. It's a huge part of the softball game. And I agree. Like it's not really part of baseball anymore. Like you, you, you have these guys who are up there with the entire third base side open and they won't like down a bunt. Like, so I definitely think it does fill that void for a lot of people watching it and just it being a lot more fast paced. Yeah. You know, and, and, and since you've played softball, you tell me how hard it is, how hard is it to hit fast pitch softball? I mean, it's, it's pretty difficult. I like, it's just when you start throwing that, like the rise ball. So like when you're at younger levels, you don't, people don't really have a rise ball, but I remember the, and that's when it really got difficult when you start seeing that first person throw a rise ball, because you're defending all angles. You're defending someone with the ball is dropping. It's curving away from you. It's curving at you. And then you throw something that's going up. And those girls that had, like you saw some of them in the world series, their rise balls, when they're starting, it's looking like a fat, like, meatball down the middle and then you're swinging and it's like above your head so that's just where in terms of two I think different like difficulty than baseball because they don't have balls that are going they're rising up it's just down you know away but nothing that goes up and that's why to me like and it's like quick you don't have much time to react um when I was in JUCO we scrimmaged USF in the fall and we pitched again or we hit against Sarah Nevins so I don't know if you remember her name from USF, mm -hmm. but she threw like 70. She was like six foot. She, by the time she left the circle, so you're 43 feet. By the time she let go of the ball, she was basically out of the circle because she was so tall. Like it was like, basically like I'm deciding before I'm swinging at this pitch. And it, if I, you know, if it's a strike, it's a strike. If not. And for me, like, as I played at Juco and D2 level, I'm like amazed just watching the D1 girls and like, that these girls are throwing that hard and they're still having the eye to lay off some of these balls that are like just out of the strike zone. Like it still, like even as a softball player who played and did it, it still amazes me. So it's just, you have very little reaction time and they're throwing everything at you. So. Yeah. And I, I also kind of look at it this way too. I think softball is closer to baseball than women's basketball is to the men's game. Yes. I agree. Yeah. yeah I agree. Like the, you know, the, the, the abilities and the competition. I mean, you see, you know, they used to, you know, they used to say throw like a girl, right? Yeah. And girls, I mean, they throw and, and they have great throwing motions and it, it, it yeah. you know, great swing planes. It is so incredible to watch. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a really incredible sport and it's awesome to see how much it's grown. Yeah. Well, Hopefully we'll continue to see that as well. So now the reason I wanted to have Jackie on the show is, uh, you know, we are both uh, Braves fans and uh, one win away from the World Series last year and this year is what? <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I, I've been sitting here like, and it's, um, I've been sitting here, I'm like, I can't even, it's hard for me to watch them right now. 
which is very rare for me. Like that was one of my favorite things. Like even when we weren't good and we were going through the rebuilding stage, it was still like came home, I ate dinner, I turned on the Braves and I watched whatever. But like, I'm really struggling besides watching Ronald Acuna. I'm struggling to watch them right now. And I don't, and I don't know if it's like, they're not playing excited. I don't know if it's like an all of baseball thing. It just, this whole season just seems very like weird. And it was one that everyone was so excited for because we came off of, you know, barely having a season and not having a lot of sports last year, but it's just like, it's hard to watch right now. I don't, I don't know what's going on with them. Could it, could it be because last year was such a sprint that. It yeah. Kind of, and it is, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's kind of what, you know, it's like now we're trying to settle back into what normal was before. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. yeah, because I mean, last year was like every game legitimately mattered from the time we started, whereas like now it's like, it's like we kind of can worry, but we still have such a long season to where it's like, yeah, do I really need to start worrying about them? Well, I think the other aspect of this too is, you know, you look at uh, the the bats they're missing in the lineup, you know, Travis Darno, Ozuna's gone and probably for good. Yeah. And, then, and, then, and really the one name I don't hear anybody talk about that's missing from last year is Adam Duvall. I thought yeah. Adam Duvall was such a great player for us, could fill the void. You know, if we still had him, he'd be in left field now mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of the, you know, the, you know, whoever they decide to plug in there on a, yeah. on a daily basis. Um, to me, that's a big part of that. And then Freddie Freeman is not doing Freddie yeah, Freeman things. It's, it's very odd. Yeah. He's got some really bad luck right now. I think they're like, he's just, he is hitting the ball so hard just right at people. I don't, and he, but yeah, he's definitely having a down, time right now and I definitely was very upset about not re-signing Adam Duvall I definitely wanted him to because he just he's a, like he goes out there and he he plays and he does what you need him to do and he's a team yeah. player I like I liked him and um as much as like the Azuna thing like I and I feel like when I watch them now I don't know they don't look as excited like they don't seem like they're having much fun and I'm like I know Azuna was part of that mm-hmm. I'm like I don't know and I know that's like a big clubhouse thing for them to probably you know hear what happened to your teammate like I can imagine what kind of like oh that's my buddy that's our you know yeah so I don't know if maybe that is, is affecting them or yeah you know I wonder if you know because you know because I think uh Sandoval's brought some of that energy but yes. you know but he doesn't play every day yeah exactly but he's in there I do yeah he's definitely you know brought that but yeah <laughs> So what do you think, at least on the good side, though, I definitely could say, you know, you know, it looks like, you know, at least Austin Riley is helping to fill some of that void. It looks like he, he's playing much to the potential that we saw when he first burst into the big leagues. Yeah, I was very worried about him in the beginning of the season, and now he's, you know, he's settled in. And, and, and I have to remind myself, they're still so young. And so many of those guys got, you know, they got rushed up to, you know, I look at Dansby, and I'm like, I, he never really got his fair share of time because – we weren't good. We needed someone to like kind of bring some excitement back in that he got rushed up immediately before he was probably ready. And a lot of those guys are, I mean, our entire team, like really Freddie's one of the oldest guys and he's 30. <laughs> so that's something I'm like, too. I'm like, okay, a lot of these guys probably didn't have a full stint in minor league baseball. They should have. So it's a lot, it's a huge adjustment. So, but yeah, Riley has definitely stepped up and hoping he makes the all-star game. I mean, I know he's, it's tough when you've got like Arenado and those kind of guy and Chris Bryant in front of you, but he's, he's been great. So. Yeah, most definitely. And then I guess I heard, or heard some news this week that there is, you know, obviously Darno is, uh, 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 he, he's, he's definitely due back in August. Yeah. Um, and there's potential Mike Soroka might be back. Uh, that, yeah, would be, that would be a huge shot in the arm. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know what's going on there because I'm like, first they're like, no, no shot. And then they said he's coming, like he could come back. So 
I, I just, I want him to come back and be healthy and not rush if, you know, I mean, if we're in first place and like whatever, like bring him back, you know, whatever. But if it's like we're struggling and it's not going to be worth it in the long run for him, I'd rather him just, just wait till next year. But yeah. And then, you know, and then the bullpen and bullpens generally change over yeah. on a season by season basis. You know, Melanson's uh, uh, now out. Uh, and then, you know, we got Shane Green luckily coming back. Uh, yes. So, you know, who originally was lost, but now is coming back. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do uh, coming down the stretch. And, you know, the starting pitching has progressively got better during the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and they're getting six, seven innings out of these guys. So hopefully the bullpen uh, can get right because they're not having to, you know, start in the fourth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Adding Shane Green definitely. And I, you know, I also keep forgetting that, you know, I got, you know, decided to punch things. So he's, <laughs> he's now that hurt. I mean, that really hurt our pitching lineup too. Like he was doing great. So. Yeah. And he can hit. <laughs> yeah. It's just been like great, like unreal things that have happened. I feel like they've had the worst luck this year. So. Yeah. It's not so, all their fault. I know they've been. Yeah. Well, I guess there's one good thing we could talk about that happened at Truist Park is uh, you got engaged there. <laughs> I did. That was a very exciting, the most exciting like 24 hours of my whole life, probably. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So uh, uh, your your husband-to-be, uh, I have to say, well played. Yo. Yeah, he, he he definitely like set the bar really high. I know some of his friends, he went to like a bachelor party next weekend. They're like, dude, you like set the bar way up here. <laughs> like, that's going to be really hard to beat. And you know, that, and then just on top of, you know, the home run and everything just worked. I don't know how it worked out, but. That's right. You, that's right. You got the Ozzy, all these home yes. run ball. Yes. <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's no, definitely. Well, hopefully, you know, Truist Park will, will last longer than the last stadium did because they change yeah. it out every 20 years. So. I, you would, I mean, you think this one, this one's at least, you know, Turner had its, you know, I didn't really like Turner that much. There wasn't anything to do. Wasn't really like in a good area, but this, I don't see them. I feel yeah. like they're gonna how is the how is the battery around around the stadium? I haven't been there yet. So okay, it's amazing. I mean, they have built everything. It's like its own little city. My fiance described it as downtown Disney for the Braves, basically, because it's like you have apartments right there. You have every food that you could think of. You have ice cream. You have the Omni Resort is right there, and then you have bars. So there's just so much to do. And like for me, as I've been to all these stadiums, that's like one of the biggest things that improves my stadium experience regardless of the physical stadium is like what is there to do around it like so having stuff to do around your stadium makes it just that much better if there's nothing to do it's hard to like really enjoy that game day atmosphere so it's awesome they did a great job yeah that is that sounds great so yeah i'm hopeful hopeful of getting there this summer uh, uh you know at least they now they have full attendance there which is mm-hmm. great yeah. so uh, that is a uh, that is definitely good to see so uh now let's talk about the UCF Knights. We did refer them to, to them a little bit earlier. And uh, how panicked were you when Danny White left? <laughs> I was, I was pretty panicked. I was, you know, I was, it was just already, you know, it wasn't the biggest hypo fan in general. So then he left and I was like, well, you know, cause I, for a while I thought he might leave like the previous year. And then I was like, no, I think he's going to, he'll be good. And then he just left. And then it was just like, oh my God, like what? You know, what are we going to do? Who are we going to get? Like, it's so, I was panicked, but I wasn't, I don't know. I was, it was all right. I figured we would, I just was more like worried about who they would get and if there was going to be anyone like good enough to kind of replace the, you know, because he was very vocal about a lot of stuff. So it was more like who we could replace someone to be as vocal as him. 
Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting because, you know, we did go through that oh no moment when Scott Frost left. Yeah. And, you know, we managed to keep the, keep the ship going and keep things mm-hmm. uh, uh, progressing. And of course now, you know, Terry Mahatra comes on board and he's able to land uh, Gus Malzahn. And, yeah. you know, and to think, you know, this was the guy we beat in the Peach Bowl. Yeah. He's now our head coach. <laughs> it's like, how did this come full circle? It really is like, I never would have thought this in that moment. Like, Oh, he's going to be our coach one day. Like that would have never been something across my mind. So it's, it's crazy. I'm very excited for Gus. I know that everyone was very on board with the levy thing. And then everyone was upset when it wasn't levy. And then I think, I think the fan base has kind of come around now. So I think it's going to be very exciting. I'm, I think the first game is going to be insane. The just first game back full capacity, Boise, Gus, you know, it's going to be nuts. So I'm very excited for that. Yeah. You know, and you think, cause yeah, if they, if they wouldn't have hired Levy and then gotten another coach uh, that, that didn't have the cachet, yeah, that would have made the Levy, not hiring Levy a bigger sting. Yes. Yeah. If it wasn't going to be Gus, it would have not been, people probably wouldn't have been happy with whoever you did to not Levy, but so it worked out. I think it worked out for the best and we'll see how the season goes. Yeah. No, I'm definitely looking forward to that. And, you know, uh, I, I think the other uh, neat thing is sometimes even, even though it hasn't been that long since 17 and 18, yeah. you know, getting things fresh, you know, you're, you know, you're just the sensing the enthusiasm and yes. just watching and, and, you know, we got all summer to watch this build mm-hmm. is, is pretty remarkable. Yeah. I think, and you can see it a lot in the players and the things they, you know, they post and the things they've been saying. So I definitely see a new, you know, just a new energy there. And I think that's something that we definitely lacked from, you know, I feel like they had that energy with Frost, but you could kind of see it didn't really, it wasn't there as much. Mm -hmm. So I think it's good that it's going to be like, we need that. So that'll be huge to see if that continues. And how do you think Josh Heifel will do at Tennessee? I mean, he's got a, he's got a rough, (laughs) rough ride, regardless of how he does. It's just, I mean, it's a very, um, I'm trying to describe their fan base. I live, so my, school that I went to and played my last two years up in Tennessee was in Knoxville or like right outside of Knoxville. So I went to um, Lincoln Memorial University. Okay. Yeah. So it's in Harrogate, Tennessee. So it's like an hour out of Knoxville. So most of my, you know, people I hung around with were all Bulls fans and they were crazy. And we worked concession stands at um, their games as a fundraiser. So I've been there. It's a crazy environment. Their fans are crazy. Um, Very, I feel like high expectations, regardless of what, your team, you know, did before. So I, I don't know. I just don't see, I don't see him doing that well regardless there because he's in the SEC. It was already, a, you know, he took over a very low program and now he's going to have to build it up to, and then just but regardless, you're in the SEC and this is going to be a tough, it's yeah. going to take a while. So it's going to be, if they're going to give him that time to kind of build it or if they're going to be expecting stuff overnight to happen. So well, they ran off a coach before you actually took the job. Or yeah, actually so that's the job. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and no, I I spent some time in Knoxville for a couple of years, uh, uh, some time ago. This was back during the Peyton Manning era, mm-hmm. and uh, and and yeah, the, the, you can almost say it. Uh, some of their fan base is a little delusional. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is crazy. So. Um, so, so what do you think for the Knights this year? Do you think it's a, it's a trip back to the top of the conference? I think so. I think, you know, that Cincinnati game is still, you know, they're still good, still going to be tough. But I think, I think we can win the conference this year. You know, I, with that, you know, Dylan's going into his junior year. I think he's going to be a lot better with, um, and I think that's something that 
a lot of people thought we just didn't really like the play calling for him. Like I didn't, you know, I think he can be much better than what he's shown to be with the tools he has if we get some better play calling in there. So I'm excited to see that this year. And, but yeah, I think that we can definitely win the conference this year. Yes. Throw the ball to the tight end. Well, you know, that's all. Yeah. The- <laughs> yeah. Remember that position. We have, we have a tight end. Like <laughs> yeah. And, and I, and I also think, you know, cause I, my biggest complaint with Josh Heupel was always that he was too quick to get away from the run. And, yes, I agree. and, and when the Knights run the ball, that offense, especially when it's going fast, is yeah. really dynamic. Yeah, when it's going fast, it, I'm, I'm a fan of the throwing down the field, but not when it's like every other play and it's not working. Like you got to, you know, you have to switch it up to the run occasionally, like or throw to your like, third or tight end. So yeah. that's something which just like, oh, we just threw it down the field, didn't work. Okay, we're just going to throw it again. That like, it's just so. <laughs> Yeah, I always like calling a running play after you hit a big pass because those gas, guys yeah. are gas getting down the field, uh-huh. and then you can yeah. just kind of run it right down their throat. So yeah. yeah, so I'm interested to see, guess you know all that how that all turns out. All right. Well, hey, this has been a blast. I appreciate you taking uh, some time to uh, talk about the the variety of sports, and uh, and you can be followed on Twitter at that girl underscore Jackie. Yes. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Yes, glad Hopefully to have you. Our Braves uh, turn it around, and we can uh, make the playoffs. Maybe get <laughs> yeah. Well, we are goes. Yeah, well, we'll do this again sometime, and uh, hopefully, we'll be talking about uh, championships uh, all around for the Braves and the Knights. Yes, that would be awesome. All right, thanks again for being on. All right, thanks for having me. Bye. And we're back to close out with a TV theme in just a moment. No Republicans, no Democrats, no team from Washington, no team with a star on the side of their head. We don't even talk about alpha and beta storms around here. And if you believe all of that, I have a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn. Captain and Company in the morning, join me 9 to noon. Weekday mornings on OldSchool101.com because class is always in session around here. Virus or no virus. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Buy up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece. Of my mind. In my opinion, nation, the sun is gonna surely shine. Stop all your fussing, slap on a smile, come out and walk in the sun for a while. Don't fight the feeling, you know you wanna have a good time. And in my opinion, nation, the sun is gonna. And that, my friends, the TV theme from Blossom, which aired for five seasons on NBC as a pilot preview in July of 1990, then as a mid-season replacement in January of 91, and then it ran until May of 1995. That focuses on the life of Blossom Russo, played by Mayim Bialik, who would later... Yes, (laughs) there's a whole generation of Big Bang Theory fans who didn't know that Amy, Farrah Fowler, Mayim Bialik, was actually a star in the 90s. <laughs> as, as a young Italian-American teenager, the series began with Blossom's uh, mother having left the family to pursue her own life and career and focusing on the family's attempt to adjust. Her father, Nick, an overprotective, somewhat conservative session musician who was frequently between gigs and tours, played by Ted Wass. He, of course, uh, was Danny Dallas on Soap. Her older brother, Tony Michael Stoyanov, was a recovering alcoholic and drug addict who eventually 
became a paramedic. And then Joey was played by Joey Lawrence, the middle child, the stereotypical dumb jock known for his exaggerated delivery and uh, his catchphrase, whoa. In fantasy scenes, Blossom frequently received advice from celebrities such as Mr. T, Hugh Hefner, Felicia Rashad, David Spade, Alf, Will Smith, and God. <laughs> pretty uh, pretty wide range of people there, right? Uh, Blossom's mother, Maddie Russo, uh, whenever she was around, was played by uh, a popular musician, Melissa Manchester. And her best friend was Six Lemire. Genevieve Oy played that part and was a significant part and uh, she was a fast talker, best known for his tendency to ramble. Blossom from the 1990s, our TV theme for this week. And with that, we are done here. Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Allen underscore 88, on Facebook at Jeff Allen 88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs. Does your dog itch, suffer from debilitating skin allergies, or trouble hot spots? We have the solution using the healing power of neem. Kramer's Salve is a safe and natural approach to help your best friend live an itch-free life. Go to KramerSalve.net to order today with new low pricing. That's K-R-A-M-E-R-S-A-L-V-E dot net.